Anyway, we are so glad you are here today, and uh, you have, we have a special treat this morning. Uh, Gail Dooley is here, and if you'll remember a couple years ago, I got to go to Papua New Guinea. And I don't know if you know where that is, but imagine the place as far away from here as you can get, and that's it. That's it. And Papua New Guinea, if I understand right, has got into modernism in just the last 40, 50 years. They were basically in the Stone Age until back in the 1950s, 60s. And literally, they had lived that way forever and had no uh, modern anything at all. And they finally figured out that there was somebody there, and so they started becoming a little more modern than they are than they were then. Uh, they have cell phones and stuff, and it's kind of interesting to watch uh, what's going on. But it's a it's a it's a struggle from getting from the Stone Age into where they are right now, and it's a pretty fast transition. And so it's had this strain on the country. And in the midst of that, uh, your church, not this church but all of our churches, the Church of the Nazarene has been at the, I would say, at the front of that, trying to help this nation. And it was with a dream of having a hospital right in the middle of this country. And uh, our hospital, your hospital, uh, is the largest hospital in the country, isn't it? Pretty much. And, but it is, it is known as the best hospital. If anybody gets sick in Papua New Guinea and they're in the higher upper echelon they want to go to Kujib because that's the best hospital you have the best hospital in Papua New Guinea and it's through that hospital that the work of Jesus Christ is being done because every time someone comes to that hospital Jesus is shared and I've grown up in the church of the Nazarene and I've heard about alabaster and as we walked through that uh, through your uh, place there where, where the hospital is, uh, Gail and these guys would say, Alabaster built this, and Alabaster built that, and Alabaster did this, and your offerings are doing this, and this is what the church is doing here. Nowhere where I, any place I've been in the world, and I've, I'm not a world traveler by any means, but I've seen the work in Africa, I've seen what Luke is doing in Africa, and I've seen what God is doing in South America and Guatemala and places like that. And God is working and doing that. But no place is it more visible to me where I could see it happening than when I was in Papua New Guinea. It was just, I could, I could see it. The rest of the places, you know it is and you hear it is. And I'm not saying that they're not doing good things. But in Papua New Guinea, I could see it. And uh, we got to go there and spend a great time. And I was sharing with the, with the prayer guys this morning. I, I have never been that far away from my wife. And when the word says that the two become one, it is, it is real. It is real. And I felt like I was being separated from her. And one day, Gail walked up with an iPhone. I said, I said it was some kind of a wizard phone. And I could see my wife. And that meant more to me than I could ever tell you. It was just to see her at that time and uh gail was a good friend of my wife while i was over there and helped helped us through that that was hard. i don't know why it was so hard it was just really hard but anyway we've become good friends with the Dooleys. they are from our district scott grew up in springfield and gail grew up in garnett around garnett and so they're from our district so they're 
they're ours. And uh, over the years, they've been at our district assemblies, and we've got to know them better and better. And after I spent uh, a month there one week, uh, we got to really know them better and their family. And they're the, they're the real deal. They're the real deal. And so uh, this morning, uh, we had Scott come share with us a couple of years ago. Uh, but this morning, uh, we've got the A team. The varsity is here this morning. And, uh, and so, Gail, come and share with us about the work in Papua New Guinea. Thanks so much. Uh, Scott is in Iowa. Uh, we usually always go together, and as and we plan our schedule at least a year, if not 18 months in advance. And uh, I'm not sure which one's scheduled first, Iowa or Marshfield, but um, I know that this is God-ordained because usually if Scott says, hey, you want to speak by yourself? I'd say no. And so I know that God wanted me and just me to be here today, and he wanted you to be here to listen and to speak to your heart. So Hold on, here we go. Um, a, a devotional thought that I've been struggling with, pondering, wrestling with, is uh, the thought of what's in your hands. What has God placed in my hands? He uh, says this in Exodus uh, chapter 4 to Moses. He said, what's that in your hand? God asked him, and, and Moses is holding a staff. You can look it up. It's miracle after miracle. And uh, he just had a stick. An ordinary stick was in Moses' hands, and God wanted to use that. So as I think about what's in my hand and our life in Papua New Guinea, I know that whatever God has put in my hand, he wants to use it, and he wants to use it, and he wants me to give it to him fully with all my might. Um, a lot of times it's not super exciting. I am a nurse and I work in surgery, so I walk to the hospital, I wash my hands, I put on gloves, I put gloves on the doctor, I play with instruments, and it's just not that exciting. I uh, can do dishes with little helpers or by myself. I can uh, cook and help the girls cook, and we do a lot of cooking. Everything's from scratch. And those aren't super exciting things. I go to town. I get groceries. I get a month's worth of groceries at a time. That's all of our food for a month. And, uh, and that takes a whole day to put all of that away. Sometimes God just wants those ordinary Normal things are going to town, are shopping, are washing dishes, are work, and he wants to use them for miracles, just like he did with the little boy with the five loaves and two fish. He took a sack lunch and said, let me show you what I can do when you give me what's in your hands. And sometimes God blesses those ordinary things just so much, more than we can ever imagine. This is Deborah. She's a precious little girl that God used my hands to touch and brought us together. Uh, she was playing, and Papua New Guinea is uh, coming to the modern age. People have cell phones, but they have no electricity. So they take their phone to town or to the local village where there might be pirated. Is that what you call it? Uh, like when you steal electricity from the road. <laughs> I don't know what you call that, but that's what we do. Not us, personally, but... <laughs> anyway, they don't have power to charge their phone, so they take their phone to town and uh, charge it up. And um, Anyway, so their homes are very basic. They have bamboo walls, dirt floor, cook over a fire, so kids are very comfortable around the fire. That's what 85% of the, of the population do. So Deborah was playing one day with a friend and um, they had sticks with embers on the end and they were chasing each other around, you know, like 
all six and seven year olds do. And uh, Deborah's clothes caught on fire and she burned almost way beyond the statistic of living and making it. And uh, we did surgery after surgery on Deborah. And uh, God just created a special bond with, with Deborah and I. And before she was terrified every surgery. And before surgery, she'd say, where's my white Mary? Where's my friend? Where's, where's that white person that's always here with me? And uh, so we'd, I'd go to her and we'd pray together. And so she had at least 10 surgeries. Some of them we had to redo because infection set in. And um, But it was just a blessed time that the Lord used what was in my hand. It was time and love and energy to pour into Deborah and her family. Her mama uh, was at the hospital every day with her, and uh, her mom was able to see the love of Christ poured out into Deborah's life and into her own life. And Deborah's mom wanted to recommit her life to Christ. So in Papua New Guinea, when there's a baptism, we have uh, tent services all week long, and it's uh, every night for a week. And then on Saturday, there's a big long two or three hour service and then everybody hikes down to the river and it's a hike I mean we probably walked about a mile and it was mud and then after 200 people have walked in front of you it's just slipping down this hill but it was beautiful and uh, they had a bunch of people being baptized so they lined up the dozen or so elders in the river and would take people in 10 at a time and I got to be there when Deborah's mom uh, recommitted her life to Christ and said I want to be washed by the blood of Jesus and it was such a precious thing and what did I give nothing extraordinary just my time and that's what God wants to do with each one of us is to use what's in our hands each one of us that believes in Christ has the light of the world in our hands, and we need to share that with others, and God will bless it. He has called us to show other people his amazing, incredible, abundant love to the people around us, and I encourage you to do that wherever you are. God also gives us resources, and little is much when God is in it. He has taught me that over and over. When you guys give a dollar for your dollar offering, each one give one, I don't know what it's called, and uh, I just read that in the bulletin, and I'm so excited, because I want to tell you what that dollar does. A very little bit of your dollar goes to Kansas City headquarters, so administration, people who organize us missionaries, but most of it is my paycheck. It goes right to me, so I don't have to worry each month when, if the paycheck will come, if it won't come, if somebody remembers to donate because you're giving to Kansas City and they write the check and it goes directly to my bank account and I say thank you. Thank you for that dollar. Thank you so much. It's humbling. Uh, I say we get a McDonald's salary and the Lord blesses it and uh, we're rich. We are so rich in Papua New Guinea that it's, it's quite humbling. But I just want you to know that little is much when God is in it, whether you have nothing or whether you have a bunch. God is there. He uh, has our time and the things that we do and the gifts that we have. He wants us to share with people around us. When our fellow people are struggling, God wants to use us. Remember the story where Moses couldn't hold up the staff on his own and his friends came along beside him. God was able to use me in this way as I had a dear friend who was all alone and needed support. And so he was able to use my hands to help hold up Sister Vero's hands as she uh, was going through a hard time. And what a blessing that is just to be beside somebody to hold their hand through the hard times. 
Another thing that we covet is your prayers, and that's a pretty easy thing to hold in your hands. It doesn't cost anything except a little bit of time. We have some prayer cards in the back of uh, a new one. You, they're magnets or cards. I ask you to take one and pray for us, and we are continually on our knees for the ministry in Papua New Guinea. So many things. We are just a moment away from crisis and we just depend on God and knock on his door for the miracles. And that's when you see things happen is when you're uh, totally dependent on God. These are the autoclaves. They sterilize everything. Well, uh, both of them broke at one time, and, and they break all the time. But this particular time, we couldn't get them fixed again. And uh, so then you can't do any more surgery because you can't get things sterilized. And you can't see any more uh, deliveries because if something goes wrong and they need to go to surgery and you don't even have your sterile kit for a delivery and you can't see anybody in the emergency room because they need sterile things for needle holders to sew people up and so the whole hospital had to shut down because the autoclaves weren't working and so we're just always always knocking on heaven's door begging for a miracle and sometimes those miracles happen just like Moses holding up his stick in the Red Sea parting uh, God is present and sometimes he lets us get glimpses of those miracles. This is a patient that was uh, on in a car crash, and he looked fine, except he had a little abrasion, and um, he was in another hospital near us for about three days, and then he wasn't getting any care, so they brought him to us late in the evening, and the doctors went to see him the next morning, and they couldn't find the patient. They asked the nurses, where is he? Where, where's this guy? And they said, we had to move him into the open-air hallway because he smelled so bad. His body was rotting away. And as we took him to surgery and was just throwing away half of his leg, I said, Lord, there is no way he is going to make it. And he did. And Nelson uh, was dismissed about six months after he was admitted to the hospital. And that's just God. You can call it what you want it, but it's just God and his miracles that we get to be a part of sometimes. Sometimes, as I was thinking about this concept of what's in your hands, I tend to look around at what's in other people's hands, because sometimes that seems neat. Oh, a coffee shop ministry, or, oh, look at this teacher who's touching lives. But the Bible says, make a careful exploration of who you are, what's in your hand, and the work you have been given, and sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed by yourself. Don't compare yourself to others. Each of you must be responsible for doing the creative best you can with your own life and with what's in your hand. When I get busy thinking and looking at other people's hands, uh, I'm not going to be doing what the Lord has for me. Also, another thought that uh, the Lord brought really strongly home is um, when we carry too much and carry things we're not supposed to be carrying in my hands. Uh, We've been on the field for 15 years. Our youngest was born there, and uh, we've had hard times, and we've had wonderful times. And the last six months has been some pretty hard times. You can pray for Kujip as it's going through transitions and, and it feels like we're riding a little roller coaster. And, and with those transitions, um, I'm tempted to pick up some complaining and pick up some confusion and hold on to those. And, and when I hold on to those, then I see resentment and I pick up some anger and I pick up some frustration. And before I know it, my arms are overflowing and I'm like this woman that's just carrying this huge burden and I can't have anything good in my hands because I'm carrying so much crud around, so much stuff that has no business in my life. And I try and put it down and say, God, you take care of this. And I go for a while and then I pick it up again. And I just uh, am learning to keep putting those things down and to focus on what 
the good things are that God puts in my life. And I don't know if you're carrying some stuff you shouldn't be carrying today, but I encourage you to, to put that down. And, and uh, as we left the field in, at the end of May and came back to the States, I, I felt like I'd mostly put most of the things down I was supposed to, and the Lord has just been piling and piling mercies and blessings, and I am just carrying those around and claiming those that he is faithful and he is with me, and I don't know how, uh, what the future holds and how we're going to get through this and, and what it's going to look like, but I know if I keep what he wants in my hands that he will be with me. Moses, uh, so basically there's two things you can do with the stuff in your hands. You can do like Moses did initially and said, oh, send somebody else. Or we can take the extravagant gifts that God gives us and like Mary Magdalene, pour those back out for him. So as we're in Papua New Guinea, we know that God can transform into peace and love and hope everything that we are doing. And Papua New Guinea is a place that uh, has huge need. I know Marshfield, Missouri does too. This, uh, these are some t- statistics. It says that uh, 68% of the women have been uh, abused or violent, have had violence towards them. I think the statistic is more than that. All of us here have had, a, most of us have had vaccines and uh, DPT for tetanus. Tetanus is a horrible disease that we see people die from all the time. This little girl had tetanus and she was able to live, but another little girl that same day died of tetanus. And it's, it's called the bone-breaking disease. And you just, your muscles contract so much that literally your bones break. And it just breaks your heart for those preventable things that, that we see. And the, such a great need. There's over... 2,500 deliveries every year, lots of admissions, and lots of outpatients. I figured it up. It's 200, at least 200 people a day are seen at Kujap Hospital. They all line up at 8 o'clock in the morning and uh, just wait and wait and wait. And they might, and we'll see everybody and as long as they're waiting. And uh, then they get seen by a doctor. They get treated and shown Jesus' love and sent on their way. Whatever we have... Um, Whatever God has put in our hands, we just give that back to God, knowing that he is with us and taking care of us. We do it with the love of Christ, and it really stands out in Papua New Guinea when there's such need. Uh, Governments run out of things. Hospitals all around us run out of things, and we run out of things. We try our best to keep uh, tabs on what's there, but uh, we do run out of things. And so we just uh, give everything we do to the Lord. We have... Uh, 200 staff people, most are nurses, and we have a good number of doctors, but we also need ambulance drivers and maintenance and just everyday people using drills and hammers and flashlights and calculators and all of these things to be able to reach the people around us, not just physical things, but hope and love and grace and healing to all so that they will know Christ Scott uh, loves that uh, they did an anonymous survey, and all of our staff, all 250 of them, filled out the survey anonymously, and every single person that filled it out that works for Kujap Hospital feels their job is a ministry. What if each one of us in Marshfield feels our job, whether it's school or staying at home with our kids, feels that our job and our work is a ministry, and we give that to God and put it in his hands, and... Uh, I think the world would be changed. 
These are our chaplains. Every day they pray and counsel and talk to every inpatient. And last year they planted five new churches. What would happen if Marshfield planted five new churches in a year? Praise God. God is working and he is there and we are use, he wants to use our hands to touch the people in our area and your area and my area. So Papua New Guinea has had a hospital for about 50 years. We just had the um, 50th anniversary and right in the middle where Scott loves facts and figures and graphs and uh, right in the middle you can see the red is new churches of, and it's just exploding out from where Kujap Hospital and the Bible College and the Teacher College is. God, God put his spirit on us to bring good news and comfort and prayer to each person that God puts in his lives. And it's not just the tools that God puts in our, in our lives, but he puts people in our lives too. Scott mostly is in ministration, but he loves it when he gets to pray with people. He works with Papua New Guinea uh, brothers to help them lead the hospital, and he's actually done that more than uh, he's been a doctor now. And uh, we just rely on him daily with our devotions and our time, making sure, and when we're not strong, God puts somebody else in our lives to give us strength. The hospital opened in 1967, and uh, you can see in the two pictures how much it's grown, and we're doing more expansion. Last year, uh, this was the 50th anniversary, and uh, it was amazing for us to be able to be a part. It's like we are seeing the, the fruits of the labor of those pioneer missionaries 50 years ago that planted the seeds, and it's a blessing to be a part. Uh, Kujip is the only hospital in our province or in our state so like the only hospital in Missouri and uh, last year we signed a commitment that we will be the government's hospital so they get to put our name on the good things that God is doing but it's a good partnership and we are leading the way in Papua New Guinea for church and government relationships Uh, we've just started new hospital expansion so it's typically a time where uh, troubles come, but the Lord has blessed it and blessed the people that are working on the project sites, and uh, we see that as a time of ministry, that we hire local guys, community guys that have never heard the word of the Lord, and bring them in to work on these projects and teach them a trade, and they are getting daily uh, the, to be able to see the love of Christ in the people that our staff at the hospital are showing to the project workers. And uh, sometimes it's just a cup of cold water, literally. Papua New Guinea, uh, we now have our own doctor, uh, a doctor that's from Papua New Guinea. This is Dr. Imelda. It's pretty exciting to be able to see. She went through six years of training at our hospital and now is a full uh, member of the hospital. And we're so excited to be multiplying in that way. Scott loves this picture. It's Dr. Rebecca in the yellow hat is a Papua New Guinea doctor who came to learn surgery at our hospital, and she's teaching a medical student, and so Scott could just stand there and be encouraged that he didn't have anything to do because it's Papua New Guineans teaching Papua New Guineans, and that's definitely exciting a way that we see our future in Papua New Guinea. This is the doctors the day before we left, and this is our group. We have a PNG dentist and PNG surgeon and medical students and medical students from America and residents from America all working together to to touch lives in Papua New Guinea with what they have in their hands. 
And we, as much as we're training doctors, we're training nurses. And our nursing school has been there for 40 years. And about 40 students graduate every year, not just with knowing how to be a nurse, but they are going out as missionaries and disciple makers. They have a lay ministry certificate. And um, so they're going to places that will never go as missionaries. They're going to areas that all they have is an airstrip and a little building. You can see the airstrip carved out of the mountains there and the little silver squares are the health center. And so our Papua New Guinea nurses that are trained at Kujip are going there and taking the love of Christ and their medical knowledge to transform communities. This is Buckley. He graduated a few years ago and is out in a rural health center. And this year the government is uh, there was some of our rural facilities that weren't correctly gotten into the government system for funding. And so even though they've been funded for seven years, they're no longer going to get funding. So these are going to have to close if we can't get uh, the red tape gone through. And this community, it's so important for them to have Buckley and Charity in their community. Each one of them is holding up a 20 kina. These are people that have no money whatsoever, and it's only $7 in the U.S., but they are all committed that they want Buckley and Charity to stay there and not to have to leave because they don't have any more funding. So that's just encouraging that uh, they know the value of our nursing students that are going around. There's also community-based health care that goes into a village, and um, they just go with empty hands and say, what do you want for your community? What do you want for your village? We are here to walk beside you and to make that happen. And so they literally take nothing into the community. They go in with empty hands, and they work alongside communities to show them Christ. They need help in sending out trainers and uh, because... The cost of getting to these places is extravagant as you have to just fly in. Your life might not be as different as ours. Not, not that different. I mean, you, you might look at me and think, oh, she's doing pretty weird stuff. But it's not that different than your life. And a lot of times I think we have the same things in our hands. Cooking with friends or sharing a devotional thought. Just being involved with the people around us. It might, Papua New Guinea is a pretty different place, but Scott works in his office, so a lot of times what's in his hands is a computer and a cup of coffee to share with a friend. As we use whatever God puts in our lives and our hands, we trust the results to him. It might be a fuzzy stuffed animal that you, st- that you share with a patient, or it might be a relationship that the Lord blesses and has to grow God's given us, you and me, all we need to do his work and to further his kingdom. The things he puts in our hands aren't just tools. They are the outflow of the life that he has given us, and he wants to give to others too. What is the Lord trying to put in your hands today? What's in your way of accepting those? What are you going to do about it when you leave these doors? What are you going to offer to the Lord for your hands God's already put it there. Whether you need to grab it and take hold of it or just let him use it. Let's do this together. Gail, what does, this morning we're going to give deputation. What, what does deputation go to? Can I? Some of you are somewhat new to the Church of the Nazarene, and 
when we say we're doing something, sometimes we understand and you don't understand what we're talking about. So what, what does deputation go to? So your World Evangelism Fund, that dollar, goes to our salary. Deputation uh, helps us travel while we're in the States. Um, it covers some medical expenses that insurance doesn't cover. It uh, helps us... Uh, assist Allison just a little bit in uh, university. She goes to Mid-America, so we can use some deputation for that. It takes uh, 60 U.S. dollars for me to go to town that once a month. That's why we don't go more. And so that $60 comes out of deputation. Um, That's mostly it. A little bit of retirement we can put away deputation from. Okay. All right. Scott is a doctor, and what... what, uh, impressed me most about the doctors down there. The doctors in Papua New Guinea get paid the same as every other missionary, right? And they have turned down, I mean, the world, they could have made a lot of money in America. And they said, I'm going to go do what God would have me to do. And Dr. Jim, Dr. Jim was a surgeon down there and he was, he told the Lord, he said, I will if you will get me into medical school, I will give my life to the mission field. And this doc, has he ever worked anywhere except in the mission field? Gave up a, gave up a, oh, I don't even have this on. Gave up, gave up a surgeon's salary to be a missionary his whole life. And now his son is taken over for him. And that's, that's, that's what these people do. That's what they do. And so today you get the opportunity to help them, to help fund maybe a little bit of retirement for them, to get them one more trip into town, and it is a long trip into town. And, uh, and so today the Lord has placed them here, and you have what's ever in your hand. And I don't know what's in your hand today, but uh, if our ushers will come, we're going to give you an opportunity to give this morning. I want, I want us to pray that the Lord would uh, lead us as we give today. And so ushers come, and I'm going to pray for you. Father, we love you, and we thank you today for church that does not just concentrate on ourselves and what we want to do and what we think and, and just taking care of us. But Father, you have placed in our heart, and your word says that we're to go into all the world. And Father, we thank you that our church is reaching out to those wonderful folks in Papua New Guinea. And Father, we thank you for Scott and Gail and their family who are right there in the middle of it. And Father, I pray that you would just bless them today. I pray, Father, that you would help us to be a blessing to them. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. district assembly this last few, I guess just a week ago we were there and we were listening to Scott and we were listening to uh, Gail speak and uh, 
Cindy and I were going back to the motel room, and she said, she said, they're going through it right now. I mean, we could just tell. It's the, it's the first time I had heard you like that. And uh, our, my son is a missionary, and, you know, you, you meet missionaries, and you think, oh, I think I've got a pretty good idea what they go through or whatever. I have no idea what they go through. And Luke has been calling us, and he's kind of going through it right now, and it's just a, it's just, uh, it's just a different thing what they do and what they have to give up, and what they go through being away from their family, and it's just I can't explain it. I can't explain it. But Luke told me this week. He said, uh, and he's he's over there, and he's trying to figure out is this is this what God's called me for the rest of my life? And he told me this week. He said, I'm more scared now of God calling me to full-time mission work than I ever have been because I know what it is. And uh, it's, it's just a different thing that they do. And so I would like for Gail, Gail and your daughter to come. I want you to stand right here in the middle at the altar. And I want us to just gather around. There are missionaries, and we want to pray for you this morning. And church, I want you to come and Sean, I would like for you to come. I want you to come and pray for Gail this morning. We have a wonderful mission president in Sean Yarnell. And she loves missions, and her husband loves missions. That's just how they roll. And uh, they like to go on mission trips. And when when is the mission trip to? Uh, February 19th. February this year. If you want to go to Papua New Guinea, it, you you can go, and uh, they're doing a wonderful work there. Our district, uh, we're the best team they ever had. I know, it's I true. know we were. And, uh, I don't know if that's true or it not, is. but uh, I bet we had as much fun as anybody ever had. We had a great time. But uh, I want us just to just come in here, and we're going to lay hands on you. And uh, I don't know, I have no idea what you guys are going through. But I know it's weighing on you. And so we're going to pray for you today. Sean, will you pray for our missionaries? Heavenly Father, we're so privileged and so grateful to be able to be here this morning to hear the work that you're doing around the world. Thank you so much for calling the Dooleys to Papua New Guinea. Thank you so much for the impact that their hospital has had on the people there. God, you've worked in so many lives. If you had worked in one life, it would have been a miracle, God. But I, I'm sure they can't count the thousands of people that have been impacted by that. And thank you for spreading your word there. Thank you for using them, God. Thank you for um, blessing them in that way, Lord. And I pray right now that you would continue to give them the energy and the strength to continue there. And the motivation, Lord, when they're tired, when they're physically and emotionally drained, God, I pray that you would just fill them with your joy, fill them with your peace, Lord. I pray that you would be so close to them, closer than you've ever been, that they might be effective in their work. And I pray for the people there that they would be receptive, God, and that your message would continue to spread because of what's happening. Lord, I pray that you would bless their time here, their time with family, Lord. I pray that they might find rest, that they might be able to be blessed by congregations around the area, Lord, and I pray that you would help us to be their family while they're here, and God, I pray that you would just bless their lives and continue to multiply your work through them. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's all turn around and say the prayer again.